Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie, and I'm here with Jenna, and welcome back to Bridging the Gens. Welcome. Um, I'm pretty excited to join on this episode today because we're doing an episode that is a little more deep than we usually go. And I mean, we, you know, we have fun, we talk about some personal stuff, but um, basically to kind of contextualize the situation. Um, last week, I watched this brilliant movie that just came out, um, and it's called Promising Young Woman. And I, you know, I, I watched this movie and I texted Jenna as soon as it was over. And I was like, girl, you need to watch this. And we need to do an episode. We need to talk about this. This is insane. And I mean, enough said. We, we've actually avoided talking about the movie together, even though we've seen each other since, because we're like, it's so raw that we're like, we have to just, we have to save it for the podcast. Um, and let me just say, like, this is going to be a tough episode, a little trigger warning for uh, any people who are triggered by sexual assault or violence, because um, we will be talking about that today. Uh, but whew, today we are talking about rape culture. Yeah, we are bridging the gens on rape culture. And just to be completely honest, I didn't even know that that was a term. Had no clue. No idea that that was even used. I had yeah, to look and, it up. And the thing is, is like, I think that's one of the reasons I'm so glad this movie came out is like, for me, I, I am actually a sexual assault survivor. And I feel like rape culture was still something that wasn't quite understood in my head. It was kind of just something that existed. And so talking about this, I really hope that we can spread some awareness on the subject and kind of fill that void where there's a, a, a bunch of, you know, misinformation or lack thereof of right. information um, and just kind of get into what this is and, you know, get to the root of, of the problem for sure. Yeah. I think that is great. And um, I really wanted to do my homework on this episode because I am not a victim of sexual assault. I have never had that experience. I don't know what that feels like. I can imagine that it is a horrible and experience mentally and emotionally following for years. Um, and so with that, I had to, I basically had to look up rape culture because I didn't even know that the, again, didn't know that that was even a term. And in my research, I came across Cross, excuse me, came across Marshall University's Women's Center and their definition, their examples and solutions to rape culture. And because we are all about the facts here on Bridging the Gens, I would like to start with the definition of rape culture so we can understand what we're even dealing with here. And um, according to Marshall University, you could find this at marshall.edu, rape culture. What is the rape culture? Rape culture is an environment in which rape is prevalent and in which sexual violence against women is normalized and excused in the media and popular culture. Rape culture is perpetuated through the use of misogynistic language the objectification of women's bodies, and the glamorization of sexual violence, thereby creating a society that disregards women's rights and safety. Rape culture affects every woman. The rape, okay, when they make that statement, I need to stop for a second. 
rape culture affects every woman. Never would have thought of that, right? I, I would not have thought of that. So I'll continue on. The rape of one woman is a degradation, terror, and limitation to all women. Most women and girls limit their behavior because of the existence of rape. Most women and girls live in fear of rape. Men in general do not. That's how rape functions as a powerful means by which the whole female population is held in a subordinate position to the whole male population, even though many men don't rape and many women are never victims of rape. This cycle of fear is the legacy of rape culture. No clue, had no idea, wasn't, I mean, tell me what you think, Jamie, first of all, about that definition. So if you're still listening, thank you, because I know that that was a very long definition. um, And, you know, I think for something this complex, it makes sense for it to be that way. And um, you may be listening and you might be like, "I I don't know what that means. So I want us to all take a second and think about this. Um, you know, we have this idea in our heads that women have to dress appropriately because when they show their body, they're asking for attention or asking for people to look at them, right? I feel right. like that's been something that's, you know, kind of been set up in the last, at least during my lifetime. I've really seen yeah. it explode, you know, with social media and such. People consider that when you put yourself out there, that you're asking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of what the rape culture is. Um, and, you know, a very specific anecdote that I'm not sure if I've told you about, Jenna, is, you know, I've been out with your daughter before mm-hmm. and I've had men catcall her because right. she's wearing a blouse and they can see her boobs. That's not appropriate. It's disgusting and it's gross and it makes women, I don't want to generalize to just women, but, you know, more specifically, women very uncomfortable and there's no reason for it. No matter what anyone's dressing like, you don't have the right to go and make a comment like that. Right. Or to get, you know, handsy or physical or whatever it might be. Right, right. And, you know, for me, I I feel like part of me that is so, like, nervous to go out with people is for that reason. I, I, I mean, I don't have, like, a genuine fear of always being raped if I go on a date, but... Yeah. It is definitely something that always passes through my head. I mean, that's that's one of my biggest fears. So I'd like to read the examples of rape culture and then touch on something you just said about dressing a certain type of way and the attention that you get. So I'll start with the examples of rape culture. Examples of rape culture is blaming the victim like she asked for it. Trivialize, which could be kind of like what you're talking about. She dressed that way, so clearly she wants my attention. Trivialize, I cannot speak today. Hello. Trivializing sexual assault. Boys will be boys. Also, along the lines of what you're talking about. Sexually explicit jokes. Tolerance of sexual harassment. Inflating false rape report statistics publicly scrutinizing a victim's dress, mental state, motives, and history, Um, defining manhood as dominant and sexually aggressive, defining womanhood as as civ and sex passive, Um, 
gratuitous gendered violence in movies and television, pressure on men to score, pressure on women to not appear cold, assuming only promiscuous women get raped, assuming that men don't get raped or that only weak men get raped, refusing to take rape accusations seriously, and teaching women to avoid getting raped instead of teaching men not to rape. And I think those examples and reading that in terms of rape is so incredibly important. And what you touched upon is something I really wanted to talk about today, but we hadn't discussed talking about it on the, on the episode here. And that is when you dress a certain type of way in a revealing way, I would think it's expected people are going to look. Now I'm just talking about looking. I think that the catcalling is rude. It's unnecessary. Um, And I think it's just inappropriate, quite honestly. Now, I also think that we're talking about rape so that now we're crossing a line into the sexual aspect of it. And I think it's a really hot topic, quite honestly, because I think when a, when a woman, and I'm a woman or a girl, whatever, dresses a certain type of way, They should understand there's going to be a certain amount of attention and possibly negative attention that will come with that. I'm not saying that they should choose to not dress that way. People need to do what they want to do. I also think that what happens is then when boys or men see a woman who dresses a certain type of way and sees her body first, because that's what she's presenting, then sometimes women or girls get angry that they're not giving them the appropriate attention. I'm not talking about sex. I'm not talking about whatever. I'm just talking about attention, affection, things like that. And I think that if you're presenting yourself in this way and that's what a man sees first, well, that's what he sees first. So you're not saying, having a conversation with this person saying, hey, I want to get to know you and I want this and that or whatever. And then you get upset when the guy's looking at your boobs. Well, if you have your boobs or your butt sticking out, people are going to look. I mean, you got to be naive to think you're going to dress a certain type of way and people aren't going to look, right? So I think that that was really interesting for me to hear um, because I think it's it's a really good point. Like... You know, for me as a gay man, obviously I'm not looking at anyone's boobs because I'm interested, but sometimes I remember at school a lot when I was in high school, I would walk up to a girl and I would immediately see her boobs first because, you know, sometimes that's just how it is. Um, Right. And, you know, I I think that while it's, it's up to us to, you know, make sure to, you know, separate clothing and the way one dresses from, you know, the fact that they're a slut or not, uh, I, I do think that that's something where it is good to be conscious of it. Right. And I think it's really important to be conscious of it. I think that 
it's a safe thing to be conscious. And like, yeah, it is easier said than done to be like, well, men shouldn't be like this, but clearly we can't control that. We can, we can work on, you know, educating and and preventing as much as we can, but there are always going to be shitty people out there that are going to do that. And I think that, you know, it's okay to look like sometimes you see a very attractive person and you, you just look at them and you think that they're very attractive. Right. But making the comments that's, you know, very inappropriate, like you said, right. it's just gross. It, it, it makes people yeah. uncomfortable. Like, why would you go and catcall somebody you don't know? Right. You know, like right. you have no right. There's no reason. There's just, there's no reason. And I don't know. It really, it really bums me out when people act like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I just, you had mentioned it. I wanted to discuss it, kind of get it out there because I would imagine our listeners would probably be thinking similarly with that we're thinking, which is, you know, that kind of, you know, just because someone, and I, th- I think it mentioned here in, in this, um, in the definition and also in the examples is, you know, just because someone dresses a certain type of way doesn't mean they're asking for it. Right. So that kind of goes along with the rape culture, what we were talking about. And maybe we can get into the movie a little bit because I'm, I, we have not talked about it at all. We didn't even, t- we, we saw each other and just said, nope, we're not going to talk about it because we, save it for the pod. <laughs> we are saved for the pod because we are, we wanted to get the real, I, so I'm dying to know your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, where to start? Where to start? Besides so, Shook, as you guys yeah. say. I mean, besides that, Shook. But go ahead. I definitely had a little anxiety attack after the movie ended. Um, it was just a lot. But I have to say the best thing about this movie, or not the best thing, uh, I'm, I'm over-exaggerating, but one of my favorite things about this movie is that while it tackled the tough conversation of rape, it did not show rape on screen. Yeah. It showed a video of somebody, like it showed somebody watching a video of someone else being sexually assaulted, but it didn't have to, you know, capitalize on the fact that they could do a rape scene. Um, and like, do I don't, I don't think there was any nudity in this movie at all. No. No, I don't, there was no nudity, I think, at all in this movie. Yeah, they kept None. it very, I mean, it was, it was such a, you know why? I think because of the to topic. Peg. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's like this genre too, you know, you would never, like, so this movie was was pitched as a dark comedy. You know, it was going to tackle the, you know, the the thought that a woman is asking for it. It's, it's going to tackle rape. And we knew that going in, but it did it in a way where it was almost comedic at times. It was also almost a revenge porn in, in ways where, you know, mm-hmm. she was getting yeah. after people that were bad. And then there was like a rom-com part of the movie and then... The end is is very tragic, um, and we are going to spoil some of the parts of the movie just because we have to talk about it with you guys, obviously. Yeah, definitely so, a spoiler alert. So if you haven't seen it and you want to see it, pause this, go watch it, and come back. Yeah, and and, and trust yeah. me, it's worth the money. They're they're nominated for like four awards. I mean, this are movie was really? incredible. Yeah. Wow. I know. She right? did an amazing job. Carrie Mulligan, she did an amazing job, I think. And I think we should talk about the premise of the movie. I mean, yeah, the pre- yeah, definitely. The premise of the movie, in my how I saw it, was like basically um, this woman, um, young woman, uh, drops out of med school, working in a coffee shop, runs into someone from her past from medical school, and 
basically her friend who also dropped out of medical school at the same time, but was like a childhood friend, I think. Weren't they childhood friends? Yeah, they grew up together. They grew up together. And so she, they both drop out of medical school because of this situation that happened in medical school that was completely swept under the rug, completely minimalized and nobody believed her. And it was a really bad situation. You want to take it from there? I'll let you finish the rest because it's just so so heavy. No, it's, it's dark. Um, So basically her friend ends up uh, ending her life because she, she, her, her world gets destroyed by this, you know, sexual assault and the school doesn't believe her. You know, she has people, she called her friends, people she trusted that are, looking at her like she's full of it and it just it it ruins her life she can't get past this traumatic event and so her friend uh the the main character carrie mulligan's character ends up beginning this procedure i guess where you know every week she goes to a bar she dresses very provocative and she acts very sloppy drunk and then she goes and sees if men will try to take her home and take advantage of her. And she acts like she's, you know, intoxicated. And then once it gets to the point where it's about to become sexual assault, she switches and she goes, what are you doing? And it's it's a total mind fuck. And I think that some people are saying that it's unfair, but I, I don't think that that's a fair, a fair claim whatsoever. Um, I think what she's but, trying to do there is she's trying to teach these people a lesson that you can't, that you shouldn't take advantage of drunk women and use them. Yeah. And I think that's, I think that's, you know, that's the law. It's the mm-hmm. law. It's the ethical thing to do. It's, you know, you don't take advantage of somebody. If you're intoxicated, you cannot consent. That's, you know, that's a, that's right. a very, very, very specific rule. And so it plays on this idea that the quote unquote nice guy is always the one that does it. And that's something that they make out. And I don't think that that's always true. I think there are good people out there. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's very easy for somebody to switch up in a second. Mm -hmm. And I think we know people in our own lives, but we don't know sometimes how they're going to react in a situation like that. And I think this movie makes that a lot more clear. Um, so anyway, her friend from med school, they end up falling in love and um, they end up getting together. And slowly she starts to go after people that, you know, screwed with her friend or, you know, invalidated her friend's claims. So she goes right. after their best friend from college. She gets her sloppy drunk and has her go to a hotel room with this guy that she paid. The woman yeah. doesn't get raped, doesn't get sexually assaulted. She's literally just waking up drunk, not knowing what happens there. But she thinks that she was. She does. She's not quite sure because she was so drunk. And I think the bottom line was all these people that she goes after had some part in the rape that occurred with her friend that ended her life. Definitely. So she's now going back. It's almost like a vengeance list. To say, I'm going to teach them what my friend went through. So go ahead. I'm sorry. That was just a side note. It's, I mean, and I think the way she did it, it, I mean, it's definitely not ethical in in all parts, but the way she did it, nobody got hurt. She just made it very clear that actions have consequences. And like, how would you feel if put in this situation? 
And I liked how quickly these great, great characters, quote unquote, switched up because of the experiences that she showed them. She put them into her friend's shoes. And right, but there was only one person, only one person I thought in the entire movie that actually she let go because he knew what he did was wrong and he was apologetic and begged for her forgiveness. And that was the attorney for the boys. Do you remember the attorney? Yeah. And when he, when he sat and spoke to her and she went to go see him, he actually was so apologetic and knew he was on the wrong side that he like begged for forgiveness and she forgave him. Yeah. And let him go cuz he knew what he did was wrong. The rest of them it wasn't a, they they were still trying to make justifications for their actions. Cover their own cover yeah. their own Yeah, CYA. Definitely. Definitely. And it's and it, it was it was so revealing in that sense because it wasn't just men. It was women too. You know, and yeah. and it's it's I don't think some people realize this, but some women do you know, perpetuate this culture because they're almost expected like, oh, well, she shouldn't have been that drunk. Shit happens. You know, we've all been drunk. We've all thrown up because we've had too much alcohol. Like it happens. And like, especially in high school, it's really hard to expect that from some people who just don't know or don't have the parental support to Mm -hmm. know these things. Um, So anyway, we're going to finish up the summary, but basically, you know, when she finishes up her vengeance list, Um, She ends up getting a video and the video shows her friend being raped by multiple people uh, from med school. Which, by the way, a reminder, they don't show that in the movie. You never see it. You don't see any nudity. You don't see any of the video or anything like that. You just hear the audio, right, of the the video. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Definitely. No worries. No worries. Um, So she then goes and when she's watching the video... Her boyfriend is in the video. Current um, boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, the current boyfriend is in the video just like laughing at his Were you friend. shocked? I was so shocked. I, I called it. I told my best Stop. friend. I was like, I was like, no. I was like, they're not going to give her a happy ending. I know that sounds so bad, but I was like, they're not. I was like, there's no way that he's just a good guy. I don't know. Maybe I just don't like men, but <laughs> I, I literally was like, no, they, there's no way, no way. And he came up and she went, no. And I went. I fucking told you, excuse my language. I was like, no, I was like, uh, uh-uh. uh. and she goes, and he's like a pediatrician at this point in the movie. Yes. Like, and he so is she a pediatric surgeon. He's Literally. a pediatric like, surgeon. And it, and it just goes to show like this can happen in a medical school where these people are taking care of our kids and our bodies. And like, we're trusting them with this vulnerable information and they're, they're doing this even in college. But like, this is like, you don't walk up to your friend raping somebody but go, here's the oh interesting thing. Okay, so he didn't he didn't actually participate, but he was present and saw it was going on and was like laughing and kind of whatever, which is also not guilt by association, but like you were there, you watched it happen, you didn't stop it. So you're guilty, right? And so you're guilty of not stopping this act of of violence, this rape. But what was interesting about that is that he was the nice guy the entire time. That's not who I am. I was a kid. I made a huge mistake. 
I just, I don't know, you know, it was wrong. I would da 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 da. And when she did not forgive him, he flipped a switch. She flipped right? a switch. He <laughs> lost it. And you were like, damn. He was the nice guy. And now all of a sudden, he came out like you saw a different side of him. And you're like, wow, you wonder. That was there the whole time. That guy who flipped the switch, that guy who got angry, violent type thing, he was in there. I was a little like, whoa. Yeah, that was that was something. I'll tell you yeah. that. That was that was definitely something. And yeah, I mean it's 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 a tough pill to swallow. Um do you want me to do the next part? Probably the toughest pill. I think you just go ahead and keep going because I Okay guys. I just, by the way, I was texting Jamie the entire movie and going, <laughs> OMG, OMG, WTF, WTF, wait, does this happen? And he's like, I could tell you. Like, you I'm have like, to I watch it. Was, I mean, it was really quite shocking. You'd have to watch it before you listen to this. And, and she texted me, what the fuck, or WTF, literally yeah. at the first scene where, like, she gets the girl drunk and sends her to the hotel room. And so for me, I'm like, oh, baby, just you wait. I'm yeah. like, I can't tell you, but you're <laughs> like, I was like, oh, you got a lot more coming in a minute. So yes. oh, this movie. So dude, yes, this movie. you wrap it up because I, I just, it's a bit, it's a lot. It's, it's, it's really dark. So basically, um, the man that raped her friend is now getting married. Yay. And he's having a bachelor party. And so she decides to go to the bachelor party dressed as a stripper. Oh, by the and way, the bachelor party was like in the woods, which had a very Friday the 13th vibe. So I was yeah. like, the, I know, like a cabin in the woods. This clearly isn't going to end well. It was obvious, like it was just set up for. I was, know. I was not in the same mindset. I was like, yeah, she's going to kill him. This is it. I was like, <laughs> let's go. I was so ready for it. I, and I, I don't know if that's like bad on me, but. I, I don't have compassion for rapists. I don't. Yeah. Um, so for me, I was like rooting for her. I was like, yeah, go. She gets them like all shit-faced and all the friends pass out. And then she takes him up to the room to like try to have sex with him, quote unquote. But she's not actually going to. She's like teasing him, like, like I guess lap dancing or whatever. Well, and he kept saying the very interesting thing is after she gets all the guys drunk and drugged that are downstairs passed out – because she wants them knocked out because of what she's going to do to him. So when she takes him upstairs, he said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. is the very interesting thing is that he kept saying no to her. And she kept convincing him that yes, yes, or I'm just going to do this or I'm not going to do that or whatever. So go ahead. I thought, I thought I, that I, was interesting. Honestly, I forgot about that, but I think it's a really good point because you know it switched up on him he's now in that position where he's uncomfortable and she's like no and and, and you know like she's like no like come on we're gonna do this I promise yeah. it'll be fine and it's like you know he's saying no I mean obviously she wasn't gonna do anything with him we'll, we'll get right. to that so she goes ahead and she Ooh. handcuffs him and she's like it's gonna be fun like all that fun jazz right and he, he like starts talking to her and he's like what's even your name and she says Nina Fisher that's the name of the girl that he raped. He starts freaking out and she goes to like get a scalpel and cut her name into him. 
You know, that was all she was going to do. Nina's name. Cut Nina's name. Yeah, Yeah, into him. Because she said, you know, she wore the scars of your name on her her whole life until she ended it. So you should have her name all over your body for the rest of your life. I was like, whoa, it's so intense. Go ahead. Go on. So she goes to start and he manages to break one of the handcuffs off he she she starts to fight him and then he overpowers her and suffocates her with the pillow and then his other hand is still handcuffed his friend wakes up in the morning and sees the girl dead he's crying like a little bitch like i i don't they definitely like Overdid it with, like, not overdid it, but they, like, wanted to make him look like a little wimp. So they had him, like, really, like, whiny. and. I have to say the acting in that part was really good, and I'm going to tell you why. Because a lot of times they talk about people who do acts of violence like that, and they black out. And he had a switch that went off during that time when he was, because he was suffocating her with his knee, with the pillow, because his one hand was still handcuffed to the to the bed. And again, he's completely closed. She's completely closed. So this has, it's not, was not, no, sat, like that type of thing. That scene that was, that was a long, like two it was minutes. Exactly. And here's and the And it thing was almost is, silent. Didn't you see he was like that anger that came out in him was almost like that wasn't the same character that was before. Yeah. It was like, it was a completely different person almost like the the boyfriend of hers that um the boyfriend of hers that switched on her when she was going to go get these guys and threatened to send the video to the pediatric board to say hey look what he was doing so i i just saw that and i was like oh my gosh and he did not stop he kept his knee now Here's another thing that's interesting. The, um, what is it, Lloyd or Floyd? George Floyd. Oh, George Floyd. We're talking about now racism, right? So the George Floyd with the knee on the neck and the suffocation, I thought that was really interesting. I was like, wow, I thought that was interesting in this movie. They use the knee. I thought that was interesting like were they trying to do I don't know what they were trying to do there but I saw a different side of the guy it was like yeah you think that this guy's so nice right because he appeared to be kind of like an everyday Joe like an everyday guy that just is walking around you think it's just a nice guy and then behind him there deep down somewhere is this monster so go ahead, go ahead. I no, just I, I'm so glad you said that. that. I'm so glad you said that because I didn't think about that. And you make a really good point. It doesn't have to always be there. They don't have to always be violent and aggressive. And I think that that this movie made a really good point with that that is going to stand out to a lot of people. Um, I don't know. You just kind of give me a little... Yeah, because people may think like rapists are naturally just always going to be violent or, you know, like Richard Ramirez or, you know, like almost like a serial killer where they're just aggressive and they don't have any. Yeah. But but sometimes they're just people that are charismatic. Right. You know? Right. I think, I think most of the time they're charismatic. I mean, 
we'll get into that later on in the episode. Um, we'll, we'll come back to that, but yeah, they don't have to just be aggressive monsters. Yeah. I think that's something that a lot of people just don't understand until it's too late. Yeah. Um, so well, continue on. You were talking over. about, yeah. So go ahead. The movie's almost over. You're he so did that. He, his friend comes up and makes jokes. He's like, Oh, like you killed the hooker or whatever. Right. Because he's like, Oh yeah. Like my friend just has a big dick or whatever. Right. And then he realizes that his friend actually killed her. And he says like, no, you're a nice guy. And they go and they burn her body. Right. And but they what was wild is the guy that came up, the friend made it like it was no big shake. Yeah, he was so chill about it. It was like nonchalant and it was so I'm like what? I was so like disgusted because I was like, this isn't he doesn't see her as a human at this point. He's like, it's a hooker, like she doesn't matter. Right. And even then, like, they literally, I mean, she has a family. They were kind of shitty in this movie. The family was was yeah. not great, but she has a family, you know? And so they end up um, you know, saying she went missing. They contact the boyfriend, but not the the rapist, but um, the police and they kind of don't hear anything. And then she oh. sends some pre pre-labeled mail to the lawyer. And she says, I'm going to the bachelor party this weekend. If I go missing, they're responsible. She sends someone else half her necklace that she had with Nina, the other half, which is in her ashes because it's metal and it didn't burn, which I don't mm-hmm. know if that would actually happen, but it did in the movie. And when the guy is getting married, the police show up and they arrest him and they charge him. And that ending was, you know, I mean, it wasn't like, I don't know. It, 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 I didn't leave that movie feeling better. And I felt I think sad that she died. Th- like, I felt sad that she died, but it was almost like she wasn't living. Yeah, she was. No, she, it's and really, I think that's the thing is like part of me was like you know what she's with nina again like i was like you know what she's dead yeah but she she didn't have a lot of good things going for her in the sense of like her boyfriend was a piece of shit her family was you know kind of shitty her friend's dead and she had also done these things that like weren't the most ethical or legal to these Mm -hmm. other people the revenge acts which i i don't think you know that's reason for her to be dead, but she wasn't going to walk away in this movie. And I think that this was the best ending for her to get that revenge on the the guy and, and get the justice. Um, but also I don't think that this movie was made to sit down and enjoy it. Like, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again because it's like, Oh no, I'm not watching movie. it again. It's, I think it's, one it's time was more than enough. It was more than enough. I, was I mean, just... it's, it's, it's fine. Like watching the first two acts, but that last act is just, it's hard to watch. It's really hard to watch and just walk away from. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it, it, it overall kind of sets that example that, you know, like, so her, her, or the title of the movie is promising young woman. And I think about, you know, if Nina hadn't been raped, Nina could have done so much. She could have been a doctor, right? Same they both the would have character. been doctor. Yeah, you know they would have been successful doctors. They would have gotten married, possibly had kids. I mean, she obviously like was very happy with that guy before she realized what happened. So I think part of it touches on that. You know, the promising young woman. She was, she had a lot going for her. She had a supportive family beforehand, and you know she had a lot that she was going to be able to do until she got raped. And you know, 
rape isn't just a traumatic event that happens once. It stays with you for the rest of your life. And it never leaves you. It's a scar that you can't always see. And then on top of it, you know, touching on some real life events. So like, for instance, Brock Turner, you know, who was accused of raping an individual behind a dumpster, which he, he did. People saying, oh, well, he's, he's a promising young man. He has this whole future ahead of him. Why should one mistake ruin that? And it, and it, it just immediately then goes and invalidates her, her claim of sexual assault and her feelings. When no, she was drunk. She, you raped her behind a dumpster. What part of that is okay? Right. So there, there was a lot. And I, I think they did a really, really, really excellent job of just getting a conversation going like we're doing now. Because there's a lot for even me as, you know, a survivor of sexual assault where I didn't think about it or I didn't process something. Um, and so transitioning now to our next topic, I, I want to read a really, really short snippet from a Twitter post that I saw this week that kind of resonated with me. Um, and it was talking about um, one of the Lincoln Project's creators who was unfortunately sexually assaulted when he was younger. His name is Steve Schmidt. And um, he had talked about how when he was at camp, there was a medic that had helped him with some mosquito bites and had gotten a little too, you know, touchy. Um, and it had gotten inappropriate. He was like, it wasn't even a minute long, but he had touched my genitals and it just, it wasn't okay. And he talks about how when he was a kid, at that moment, it was almost like the kid part of him died. And from there on, what was a child was substituted with depression and anger and, and just rage. And I feel very similarly. Um, I was sexually assaulted when I was 12 or 13. I, I can't even remember at this point. I try not to think about it. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't rape. It wasn't severe to what people would call it. But you know, this was something that was done by one of my best friends at the time and was such a switch, just just came out of nowhere. And it really, really, really sucked because when I had talked to people, you know, in my church about it, or when I had talked to friends about it, I was invalidated. And then when I had to start school with him the next fall, I was told by my administration that I wasn't allowed to talk about it or I would risk suspension. And then at another point, his parents ended up threatening to sue me for slander. And I just remember, like, it wasn't just the fact that I was sexually assaulted that started that rage, but it was the multiple people that told me that I, I was, you know, overreacting or that, you know, we were kids and we were just, we were just, you know, not sure of what we wanted. Almost as if like, because, because people assumed I was gay. I think people assumed that we had just gotten like curious and that like, you know, we decided to mess around when that wasn't the case whatsoever. But I feel like at that point, I mean, my life changed so much because of that moment. And I don't want to say it's defined who I am, but it definitely emphasized a lot of who I am now. You know, at that point on, a lot of the happily bubbly child pieces of me were gone. And I got really depressed. I started to hurt myself. I started to, you know, put myself in positions that I wouldn't have because I didn't see the point of living at certain points. And I felt very disgusted. Um, and I don't know. I mean, there's been instances of grooming that I've experienced. There's been other instances of sexual assault where, you know, I was 
underage. I was maybe 15 and I was going out with a 19 year old. And, and these things stick with you. And I think, you know, for me, I've had a really great support system. Um, I've also been hospitalized because of my mental pro- or my mental illness. I've, I go to therapy, you know, I've done a lot to work on myself, um, but there is definitely an everlasting effect on my relationships, especially intimately because of it. Um, and I think, I don't know. I mean, I know that I'm still going to be able to have a future, but I, I know that for parts of my life, I didn't see a future because I was so guilt-ridden about the sexual trauma, almost as if it was my fault. And I, I felt very gross, but I felt like I had just, I'd asked for it. I was overreacting. I'd even at a certain point thought, like, you're literally going to put this person's life at risk because of you just being, you know, a pussy. And I don't know, it, it's gotten a lot, a, a lot, or it's taken a long time for me to get to a point where I can be comfortable talking about it. And like, I don't say I'm a victim, I'm, I'm a survivor. And, you know, that person has no right to anything in my life. Um, but it's, it's tough some days and it doesn't go away. It, it, it definitely lasts forever. I um, am so grateful that you have the courage to share that because that's not easy. And it's um, it must be really, really hard. And I want you to know that I am proud of you for sharing this experience for other people to know that they're not alone, that... Thank you. I appreciate yeah, it. that these things happen. Sorry, I get emotional. No, it's okay. Um, I mean, I'm like, it's it's the kind of thing where talking about it for me helps because I feel like I can help people understand. You know, it, it's it's hard to understand that when you haven't experienced it because it's just a very shitty feeling. And I, I even have it even the worst. I mean, I have a best friend who who was, you know, assaulted by somebody they didn't know when they were literally just walking and they were intoxicated and they had managed to, you know, get out of the situation luckily, but it, it takes not even a second. I mean, that, that could be, I guess, an exaggeration, but it doesn't have to be this long thing where you're, you know, in a dungeon and you're being abused. Like it's, it's, it's a couple seconds of somebody not respecting your personal space and your body for you to then have years of emotional trauma it's like a wall in your head. You just can't get past. And I don't know. It's, it's a, it's a shitty feeling, but making sure that I can help people not go through the same thing or not perpetuate this kind of activity makes me feel better. Yeah, It's almost my I little think, like F you to the people that do that is like, right. You're not going to do this to anybody else. Right. And right. you're not going to silence me. I mean, shoot, I'll tell you, I have, I have definite plans now that I, you know, I, I've been an adult for a year, but we've been in a pandemic, but I, I'm not going to let the people that shamed me or silenced me when I was younger, get away with that. And right. I hope they know that. I mean, they probably forgotten about it and it's not even a revenge thing. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, I guess, lesson for people that think that they can do this kind of stuff and get away with that. Yeah. I think I've seen it so much saying that like, you're not going to allow them allow that experience to dictate the rest of your life. And I think the one thing, again, I am not a victim. I've never been a victim of the sexual, of rape um, or sexual assault. So for me, I only 
could imagine the the horror. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because the one takeaway that um, the one big thing I took away from this movie and what you were just talking about, Jamie, is um, I was really overwhelmed by the lasting by the lasting mental and emotional effect of of being a victim of rape and i think for the the victim i i mean some people maybe there they have tools or ways for it for them to be able to move on and clearly in in this case with this character and even the character's friend see that's what's very interesting to me is that the reach of that horrific act was it wasn't just how it affected the victim because clearly she took her own life but how it also affected her friend long term and so that I thought was very interesting and that was something I I never really had thought about quite honestly yeah I I think I don't know. I mean, I think that was a really good thing for me to see too. Um, not necessarily with my friends, although my friends, I mean, unfortunately my friends and I, like my, my close friend group, most of us have been sexually assaulted. And I think that's why we gravitate towards each other is like, we understand that we can talk about that and feel safe. And we, right. we've had conversations, you know, I have a best friend who was raped and it was, it was just a really bad situation that I still hold myself accountable for, honestly, because I felt like I could have done more to prevent it. Um, and it's something I live with now, but I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it makes a lasting effect and it can in some ways strengthen your relationship, not to like find an, a positive and the negative, but you know, it, the people that I've been through that with, have stuck by me no matter what and have made sure that I'm supported and have made sure that I'm loved and respected and and validated. You know, like they're never going to say to me like, Oh, well maybe you were just overreacting. Yeah. Um, and there's been moments where, you know, the person that sexually assaults me when I was younger has seen me in public with them and has tried to talk to me and they've stopped it. And I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, shoot, I, I can't ever repay that gratitude to those friends, but it's it's tough and it it sticks with you because it's like when you see someone going through that, your immediate response is to be like, shoot, like I, you know, like what can I do to solve this? And, right. and there's nothing you can do. The only thing you're really able to do is like through therapy and through time, you can heal that wound. Um, you can become more comfortable with it. But at least from my experience, like you have to just evolve with it and choose where you're going to keep that with you that's going to do you the least amount of pain but also you know you can't just erase that right it's a very very terrible thing and and I think you shouldn't have to erase that either in the sense of like that terrible thing that happened to you is going to affect you for the rest of your life you know based on its nature and right. so understanding like that that exists and like understanding what you need to do to take care of yourself is, is a huge priority. 
because you don't always know like every day is not going to be the same and some days are harder than others and like you need to know that you have a support system or like where that support system is so that when you have those hard days or where you can go get help to do exactly because it's like when you're in a manic state and you're like I'm depressed I want to die you're not looking to the future you're looking very much in the moment so you you need to have an idea of where you can go in those moments because Mm -hmm. it's not something you're going to be like oh I'm I'm feeling sad I'm going to kill myself let me go type in on google real quick what I can do like that's just not going to happen in an episode like that. So I think, I mean, that's my advice for anybody that's been in that situation or unfortunately ever is know that you have people to talk to, know your resources. Well, know that you can always call the police. You can always dial 911 if you are in a moment, right? That's yeah, something. Definitely. definitely. And there so are a lot of victim hotlines and, and um, you know, websites that you can go to in terms of like reporting. Um, and also there are rape kits, which don't always work, but you know, it doesn't hurt to get it done if you can, because I, I believe it has to be done in a certain time frame after the incident. And so, mm-hmm. unfortunately, a, a lot of rape kits are tested invalid, um, but it, it doesn't hurt. You know, it's one extra thing when it comes to that. Um, but there are definitely there are definitely resources out there, which yeah. makes me feel better. There's well, a lot more the, than when I was a kid. Definitely. And I think we can, you know, mention about um, how, you know, men and women can can combat rape culture. Um, But I also want to briefly touch upon what your thoughts are on men men versus women being raped. Meaning it clearly states here that less men than women are raped. But yet I think that we should acknowledge that men also can be raped. Like you were talking about your experience, although it was not rape. We're talking about rape culture today. Still, um, I think that it it should be acknowledged in that respect. I think um, I want to share a, an experience that, um, so my ex-husband and I were dating at the time. I don't even think we were engaged. We might've been engaged. I don't really know, but we used to like after work or, or something go to a club or a bar and we would meet a bunch of friends. It was almost like a happy hour situation and we would go and we would drink and we would, um, you know, then be on our merry way. Well, we were at this one particular, um, bar slash club and, um, he had gone to get our drinks and came back and put them on the side while we were dancing. And um, he went and took my drink by accident and drank it. And I wasn't really drinking much, like, at all. Um, and actually, my ex-husband was drugged with a date rape drug. And I saw the effects that that drug has on a grown man. So imagine on a woman maybe with who weighs like 30, 40 pounds less or whatever. He couldn't stand. He had to be carried out, had to be carried in his home, was so violently sick. And that was an example to me. I was like, oh, 
you know, so men can be drugged too. They can be raped. Um, but, um, it just was, it was like a little bit of an eye-opening experience. And so I, I just tell people to really, when you're going out, watch your drinks. And there's so many things that they sell now that you can put on the top of your drink so that somebody can't put something in it. And, um, and you can tell, I think somebody had created some sort of like either, oh, nail polish. Somebody had created some sort of nail polish so a woman can stick her finger in her drink. And if the nail polish comes out a certain color or changes color, you know that there's a drug in your drink. So there's- That is incredible. Yeah, yeah. Wow, there's that is so actually many, incredible. See, like, that's the stuff that gives me hope. Is like, Yeah, so definitely there wow. is. and. I just, you know, there's so many resources out there in terms of tr- of trying to prevent these things from happening. Um, and so I, I think we should talk about how, uh, you know, also on the Marshall um, University website, um, they talked about how men and women can combat rape culture. And here were some examples of how you can do that. Avoid using language that objectifies or degrades women. Speak out if you hear something else or hear someone else making an offensive joke or trivializing rape. If a friend says he has, if a friend says she has been raped, take her seriously and be supportive. Think critically about the media's message about women, men, relationships, and violence. Be respectful of others, physical space, even in casual situations. Always communicate with sexual partners and do not assume consent, which now they teach in high schools. I just want you to know that you actually have to ask before you can have sex. So you as a person have to say, like, you want to have sex. You, the person actually has to say, like, yes. Yeah. So do you want to have like, sex? Yes, I, I like want to have sex. done a really good job of, like, starting to, like, say that. Because honestly, yes. like, to our viewers, or not our viewers, our listeners... I think it's kind of hot when somebody asks me what I'm comfortable with, not even necessarily in a sexual way, but like, let's say I'm making out with a dude and like, he goes to kiss my neck. I've had dudes that'll like ask if that's okay. And I super appreciate it, especially as a, you know, a survivor. Right. That is huge. And it's, it's like, it's, I feel like people think it ruins the mood and I'm like, it really doesn't though. It really doesn't. And like, so what, you know what, like if you're having sex, you need to be able to have these conversations it takes two seconds to say, hey, is this okay? Are you comfortable with this? Do you want to do this still? And trust me, if they feel more comfortable, they're going to want, or are, are usually speaking, are going to be you know, more inclined to want to do that. Right. Because it's like, you want to make sure you feel comfortable and safe. You don't have to necessarily get married, but you know, if you're doing that, it's a very vulnerable, intimate thing. And so asking right. for consent is a huge thing. Sorry, I had to add that because... Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, those are some things that you can do to help combat rape culture. And so, um, you know, listen, we know that this was a very heavy topic today and um, that this was going to be something serious we wanted to talk about and kind of get some awareness out there, especially since this movie came out. and, um, And we hope that we've done it justice in terms of just talking about you know, Jamie talking about his experience and things that we can do and what is rape culture and understanding it better. And um, I know I've been educated today, so hopefully you have been too. And, um, you know, 
I don't know, Jamie, how do you want to? Well, I feel like it was really good to talk about it. And I thank you guys for taking the time to listen in your busy days um, and sit down and hear this hard conversation. And thank you, Jenna, for letting me, you know, educate you on this. Cause I, I feel like it's, I don't know, it's a tough thing and it's, it's yeah. a tough conversation to have, but it's a necessary one yeah. um, for anybody who needs it. Um, I did actually look up the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline. So you can call 800-656-HOPE, also 800-656-4673. Um, and you can talk to an affiliate there. It's it's not going to judge you. Um, it'll just you know be a very good resource for you if you need it um, or if you need someone to talk to. Um, but we, we super appreciate you guys and yes, you know. yes. And thank you for, again, thank you for listening, Jamie, your courage is just incredibly commendable because talking okay. about your experience, I mean, you've talked about what it's like to be gay and shared that deep vulnerable part of you. And also now this, and just educating listeners and educating people and letting them know that like there's real life stuff happening that us in our normal everyday lives may not even be thinking about how people are struggling silently. So, you know, you don't know what people are going through. And I think sometimes it just takes an act of kindness, takes a little bit of understanding, a little bit of compassion, and that can go a long way. Definitely. I think, I think, you know, we'll end it there. Compassion goes a long way. Um, I don't know. This is a tough episode, but I feel like we all gain a little something doing this experience. Um, We are so thankful for you guys and for providing us a platform to discuss these things and to educate and to help people around the world. Um, We love you guys so much. Um, And if you guys can do us a big favor before you go, please like, rate, subscribe, share, you know, send this to somebody if they need it. Not to like even capitalize on it, but seriously, if somebody really needs to listen to this episode, feel free to share it because that's why I felt comfortable talking about this is I want this to be able to help people and be able to, you know, bridge that gap, but also just fix those, those wrongs or rectify those wrongs that, that might still be out there. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. And then at least it was, we were able to do something positive, right? I think so. I I think that's just been our purpose is, is to do that is to educate and inspire and wow. I I need a happy topic next time. I don't know. This one's very heavy, but, but it is real and it happens and we have to acknowledge it. And so with that, we're going to sign off for today. We hope that you have an amazing day and, you know, just take care of yourself Yeah, I agree. Well, we love you guys so much. Thank you guys so much. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.